Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 422 of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode is a little different in that I did something I don't normally do. I reached out to a virtual stranger and asked them to be on the show just based on something I saw in their social media posts. And I have to say that this episode did not in any way go the way I thought it would. And that led to this being the happiest surprise of 2021 for me. Wait till you meet Amy. I thought I was having Amy on the show to talk about her weight loss. And then I realized I didn't know the first thing about Amy. But by the time this was over, I knew about 40 things about Amy. And most of them led this to being another episode in the After Dark series. Amy's story is so eclectic that I didn't even know what to call this episode. Which is why it ended up being called After Dark, Amy. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. There are going to be a lot of sensitive topics in this episode, so if you find yourself easily triggered by things like suicidal ideology, miscarriages, anxiety, I don't actually have a full list, but Amy's got a couple of things going on. But I'll tell you one thing about Amy that I'm 100% sure won't trigger you. She is a hundred million thousand, hundred thousand million percent, like really delightful. And she did this episode outside. So the Snow White fans here are going to be thrilled because there's a lot of birds in the background. And it's not something I normally would have went with, but Amy caught me by surprise and I just kind of fell in love with talking to her and I stopped caring about the birds. I hope you find them delightful, at least as delightful as I found Amy. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to givokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givokeglucagon.com slash risk. Many of you may have been watching my blood sugars live online last week at juiceboxpodcast.com forward slash CGM live. It's not live anymore. Actually, somebody else's blood sugar is up there now, a person with insulin resistance. Later, there'll be other people sharing their blood sugars and bolusing methods, and we're going to start getting into some type 1s in the new year. Anyway, I bring this up because I tested my blood sugar a lot over the last 10 days, checking it against the Dexcom G6 that I was wearing, and it was terrific. But I gained an even deeper love for the Contour Next One blood glucose meter during that time. Because thus far, I had been telling you about my experiences using the meter for my daughter as a caregiver 
talking about the bright light, easy to read, easy to hold, easy to transport, the great second chance test strips. Well, now I got to use it for myself. And I have to say, it performed exactly the way I was hoping it would. I stuck it in my pocket. It was easy to find in the dark. The light shone bright in the pale moonlight. And I was able to test my blood sugar with no trouble at all. Points if you sang deep in the heart of Texas after that. This meter is an industry leader in accuracy, and I hope that you check it out. It's at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. There's links in the show notes, or you can just type in the, the URL. I really hope you give it a try. Too often, people get stuck with the meter that their doctor gives them, and that meter could just be you know, the one the salesman left in a drawer, or one that the doctor's just gotten accustomed to prescribing to people. Maybe your doctor hasn't looked into meter accuracy in a long time either, but there's no reason that you can't. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Check them out. Check out all the sponsors. It's the end of the year. Get festive. Go in those show notes and click around a little bit. Support the show. All right, guys. I put the ads up front so that you can just sit back and relax and soak in Amy. I'm recording now. Just so you know, let me just check that I have your voice correctly. Say anything. Uh, hi. That was good. <laughs> okay, we are recording. Uh, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself any way you want to be known, and then we're going to start talking. But just so you know, I can hear the birds behind you, so you're just going to really be Snow White. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have those little blue birds flying behind you. It's very nice, actually. I'm finding it relaxing. But go ahead. Uh, so I'm Amy. Um, I'm just here today. So and I'm a type 1 diabetic. So, yeah. Amy, you got on the show unlike the way most people do. I uh, I don't usually reach out to people. Uh, but I want to I want to tell people what happened. So I sent you a message. You follow me on Instagram. And yes, I do. So I just kind of assumed you listen to the podcast, and and so I sent you a message. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but I'd like to have you on. And you responded back with like, no. You were so like, it was funny. Because, <laughs> do you listen to the podcast? And you said no. And I was like, oh, this is defeating. <laughs> I was like, okay, never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna marshal on here and see if I can. Uh, See if I can get through. Um, but the reason I reached out to you and what I want to learn about today, uh, among other things, is that, you know, it's weird when thousands and thousands of people like follow you on Instagram and then you follow them back. And I used to do that and really enjoyed it. But then Instagram capped me and I can't I can't seem to follow more people, which I I hate because I like seeing what everyone's doing. But I don't know everybody when it's that many people. But you would go by in my feed and confuse me because you're in your photos, and I hope you take this well. I, I hope you really mean I take this the way I intended. It it appeared to me like there were two separate people in your photographs. Like, I get that a lot. Okay. All right. <laughs> and it was confusing as you're kind of whipping by and trying to keep up with all these people. And and I just was like, this is strange. So one day, and I hope you take this the right way, you have a really pretty face. So I stopped longer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, hold on, what's happening here? And I and I start yeah. picking through. You've lost an insane amount of weight, haven't you? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, I've lost like over 156 pounds. Jesus, 
that's a person. Okay, this is what I want to know about. All right, let's start slow. Um, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was actually 23. Okay, so, and how old are you now? You can't be that much older than that. No, 28. All right, okay. So five years ago, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Can we, do you mind giving context? Like, when you were 23, how much did you weigh? Uh, 365 pounds around there. That was, like, the last time I weighed myself. Okay. I just graduated college, so I was at my biggest. Were you, did college add to it um, greatly or just kind of continued? No, I just actually kind of always been a big girl around that point. And then um, pretty much it kind of continued a little bit. But I think like around that time, yeah, I just was that much. And I was trying to lose weight and was down on myself. How, how tall are you? 5'11". 5'11". Okay. All right. Uh, big people in your family uh, or no? No, it's uh, actually kind of weird because my dad, uh, he used to be a big guy before he married my mom. And then he actually lost a lot of weight um, after he was like 30. And then my mom's kind of like just overweight a little bit. Mm-hmm. But my sister, um, she's, uh, she's a bigger girl, but um, she could be like a plus size model. Like, <laughs> so it was like kind of that. So well, everybody else in my family is pretty much kind of like fit and everything, like my cousins and my uncles and aunts and stuff like that. So, so now that you've, now that you've lost weight, can you tell me like what led to it? Is it, was it just eating habits or nutrition? Or? Um, so a little bit was eating habits. Um, We'll, we'll probably go back to like when the white kind of first got diagnosed. Because I was at my biggest, I actually was misdiagnosed as a type 2 diabetic. Okay. And then I had all these doctors tell me, hey, you need to lose 14% of your body weight. You won't need insulin. You'll be good. Lose 14%. Like to the point where I was crying because I didn't want to be a diabetic. Mm-hmm. I thought it was my fault. I was, I was so big. And I got to the point where I did lose that 14%. I got down to 300 pounds and I was, my insulin actually increased. So... From there, the doctors were still yelling at me, and I was still a type 2 diabetic. Um, I actually ended up getting an eating disorder. Um, trying to lose the that, weight. Trying to lose the weight, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't even know anything of. <laughs> um, but I figured out, hey, if I just keep not taking my insulin and my medications that I'm not supposed to, because I also was on metformin, mm-hmm. I was losing weight like crazy. Um, and then I actually got down to... Um, about 290 and I actually um, went into DKA and actually went out to a facility for my eating disorder treatment because I was to the point where I was killing myself every day. Did you find that the need to lose weight over like it, 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 it didn't, it made everything else not important. Were you just like solely focused on that? And if not taking this medication was doing it, then that's what you were going to do. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty much like, uh, to me, it was the doctors yelling inside my head, like, you need to lose weight. So you won't be on insulin, you need to lose weight. So you get off this. So like, I was like trying to be so persistent. I'm not being a diabetic. Also, I was like, okay, we're gonna get this weight loss off. And if I can do it this way, then I'll do it this way. But when I reached out, yeah. So when I reached out to Minnesota, and then I went to um, their eating disorder, eating disorder treatment center. Um, and they actually retested me and then I, I turned out to be a type one diabetic. Yes. So you, am I right to say that in the back of your mind, you thought 
it doesn't matter if I don't take this medication. If it's going to lead to the weight loss, I'm not going to have diabetes when it's over anyway. Was that yeah. The- so that, well, that was when I was like, thought I was type two because yeah, everybody's right. like, yeah, because you know, if you just eat and then take your medication, you'll be fine. <laughs> so I was like, um, all right, well, well, let's just do this. But then I, after I found out I was like a type one, everything just made more sense to me. And then um, my eating habits has changed. My um, physical fitness has changed and stuff like that. So after that, I started gradually losing weight. But then at the same time, I did relapse towards my um, eating disorder, which was not good. Hmm. But I did lose a couple more. I think I lost about 30 pounds then. And then, but I was sick. I actually was in the hospital 13 times that year. Um, So I just felt horrible. And then, so I got back on track. Um, I found a job that I love um, and I don't want to mess it up. So lately I just been keeping track of what I've been eating and exercising and my job is very demanding. So it actually really helps out. So the job's almost like exercise for you or it is all day. Yeah. That's (laughs) excellent. I I need a job like that. Sitting in this chair is not good for me. I can tell you that much. I, I, uh, I feel that some days I've recorded like today I'm recording twice and there is this part of me that's like thinking like you got to get up and get moving when this is over. Like you can't just, because I want to edit a show now. And if I do that, I'll roll from two recordings to editing and I'll be in here for six hours before I know it, you know, <laughs> and then the day's yeah. gone and it's not good for you. So I, I, I have a lot of questions. I don't know how to like, I don't know how to order them yet. So I'm going to feel my way through this. I'm sorry. Um, you are good. Okay, great. So you're, are you around 200 pounds now? I am actually 220 right now. 220. You, you, I guess your height helps because your photos I, like if you made me guess your weight, there's no way I would have, I would have gone there. Like with that, not that there's anything. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying you don't visually. And I wonder if that's a problem because I've had that before, where people tell you like you carry your weight well, so you just think, well, if I don't look heavier, then I don't care. Like I, I've had yeah. that feeling before too. Um, but I guess I want to know first. So that so they just the you just stopped eating to lose those first like 65 pounds and get yourself to 300. There was no, 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 I ate more, but didn't take the medication. So you drove your blood sugar up to lose the weight. Yes. Ah. Yes. I ate more than anything. And then everybody asked me, how do you lose your weight? And I usually say, I just ate more. <laughs> they don't you know, usually, they don't usually understand, but <laughs> what? A, that's not an Instagram uh, motivation. How did you lose 65 no. pounds? I ate more food. You well, guys are all doing to- it wrong. Technically, I do it now still, but it's because I know what to eat, when to eat, and like I don't starve myself. So, have the things that you're eating changed? Oh, like what I eat? Oh, definitely. So, I remember. So, my mom's a nurse. So, I remember when I texted her. I used to work in a restaurant, and I texted her when um when I was like almost being diagnosed. I texted her me drinking a pitcher of water, and she's like, "Aim, when's the last time you checked your blood sugar?" And I said, "I don't know." It was during hunting season. I was, you know, when diabetics get high, they pee all the time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hold it during hunting season. So I went to my mom's on lunch and uh, <laughs> she's like, she's like, um, test your blood sugar. And I tested it and she had this ghost face on her. So the one thing I've noticed is actually I drink a lot more diet and I drink a lot, lot more water than anything, even if it's like, like flavored water. Yeah. So I don't, I don't drink seltzers. I don't know. No, you feel like you, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I drink water and like 
unsweetened tea a lot. That's pretty much. I'm sure I'm gonna get like some like crazy kidney stone one day. It's just gonna come flying out and kill me. But um, I don't. I don't drink a whole lot else. And so wait, you're a hunter. I've seen you on your Instagram with a bow. Do you just bow hunt? Oh uh, no, I bow and rifle hunt. Okay. Are you? Yeah. Within you don't don't tell me the town you live in, but where in the country do you live? Um, I live on the border of New York and Pennsylvania. Oh, gotcha. Yes. So that's sort of the um. I see. So you're more like north. Well, not really. Like no, I'm like central New York. New York. Oh, okay. central New York. Okay, central okay. middle in the middle borderline. Interesting. Okay, okay. So hunting's <laughs> a big deal around like where you live, and and something. You, how did you get into it? Um. So I actually, my like most of my family actually hunted. Um. And I was actually jealous because my cousin always hunted with my uncle Mm -hmm. and then i just ended up finding a boyfriend that hunted and then i got into it so um because i always wanted to do it um because nobody in my family like my mom or my dad didn't do it so i actually got in that way bow hunting was actually kind of my own thing Mm -hmm. because i thought it was more of a challenge so i loved it um but even then i had a weight problem because you know tree stands have a weight limit so you literally couldn't get into a tree stand like you weren't allowed to be it yeah, because like the weight limit was, I think they're like three, I think, no, some of them are 150 and then some of them are, no, no, 250 and then some of them are like three, uh, 300. That would really add insult to injury if you were 365 pounds and you fell out of a, of a tree stand. You'd just probably lay on the ground and go, okay, I'm just going to die here, I guess. Like, I give up. <laughs> you, you know, um, but it, but it's it's really, first of all, you know, listen, we can't overlook it. To amass 365 pounds in 23 years is in and of itself some sort of an accomplishment, to be perfectly honest. Like, that is not, I don't think that was easy to do. Were you just eating constantly everything? Was it calories? Like, how did... How did that manifest I, for you? I think it, because when I was a kid, I actually was very active. I did, uh, I played sports all the time, all mm-hmm. four seasons. Um, and then I think I actually, well, like, when I went to treatment, I really, like, suppressed so much. And I found out that um, one of them was that um, after my parents divorced, uh, I stopped doing sports. And all I did was eat. I go to my dad's on the weekend, eat junk food. Yeah. My mom just easiest meal for a single mom is like spaghetti that's all i i hate red sauce to this day (laughs) (laughs) so you just think that the um like the the dissolving of your parents marriage just threw you into a depression or uh i think a little bit depression because i did go to therapy but i thought also because i actually because when you're at like 10 years old you can't control your diet right so your parents are the ones who feed you so i actually kind of reflect on that because i remember the first stretch mark i ever got i was like oh it's no big deal like i was freaking out but i was like okay it's no big deal um because i was like it was that changing period for every human um <laughs> so i i remember i ate like uh cans of frosting and stuff like that and then and like it just it was just what it was like i drank so much soda and stuff like that and I think it just accumulated slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly. So it just, it really does reflect. Like today, I eat more protein than anything. I actually do not like bread that much. I really don't. Only if it's like garlic bread and Alfredo, because that is my carb tr- carb choice. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> but it's amazing. We got some good, pretty good Italian restaurants around here. Um, so, um, so yeah. So that 
I pretty much like looking back, that's how I looked at it. Cause I still was active. I always was active. I played, I still played basketball. I played football, cheerleading, golf track in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did all that. I ride, rode my bike around like from one town to another and I still couldn't lose the weight. Like it was just still there. But I think as much as I was pushing out for calories, I was pretty much taking in double. Right. So. so you could be as active as you wanted to be. There would be no way to get rid of all the calories that you had taken in. That's uh, yes. yeah. I mean, honestly, weight loss is it's calories, right? Like it's, it, it's not much more than that. It's calories, activity, hydration, I don't think there's a big secret to how how people gain and lose weight, you know, aside from people who have actual medical conditions where those factors end up not impacting them the way they should. But for most of us, it's just that. Do you do any um, like intermittent fasting now or do you have any like other ways that you try to maintain or, or go? Are you trying to get lesser? Are you trying to lose weight? Actually, I'm still trying to lose weight. Um, I actually did get down to 200. I was super comfortable then. Um, I'll tell you one thing. When you go from like 300 pounds down to the 200 level, buying clothes is so much more enjoyable. It's I have I have too many clothes now. I have like two closets full. <laughs> um, um, it's so much more enjoyable because you can actually like fit into things and, and actually enjoy it. So um, because I I did gain a little bit of weight, I, uh, I'm trying to lose it, but I'm doing it the healthy way. Um, during work, my work schedule is crazy. Um, so I work from like 1239 all day going in and out of customers house, climbing poles and stuff like that. So sometimes I don't even get a lunch sometimes. Um, so, so pretty much usually I fast. I usually do, mm-hmm. um, for the first uh, couple hours of the day. And then usually I come home and I eat when I come at night. Um, usually it's not by choice on weekends. I, I really just go not full blown, but I usually eat regular like um, church on Sunday. I usually we go, I get breakfast, I go get lunch, I get dinner with the family and stuff like that. So, so that's kind of your big much, day, like Sunday's your big day. And then it's Sunday's. Yeah. Sunday's my big day. Gotcha. I, I love my Sunday. <laughs> well, listen, um, if you're going to Alfredo's sauce and garlic knots and things, I don't see how we're going to say no to that. Um, <laughs> How do you manage your type one now? Are you pumping? Do you have a glucose monitor? Do you have anything like that? Yes, I am. I actually have the G6 and I am on the T-Slim. Um, so that is how I'm keeping track of everything. Nice. I, yeah, um, I was on some other things. I was on the Omnipod, but it kept, I kept with my work, my job, I kept pulling my pump off, which was annoying because then it starts screaming and stuff. Really? Oh, um, <laughs> so you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't find a place for it that that worked for you that wasn't in the way while you were working yeah because sometimes i crawl up in attics and then i crawl under houses and then crawl spaces and stuff like that so i'm like at every single angle possible and then um even when it was on like around my belly and around my, like anywhere yeah. especially on my belly i had like my tool belt and my climbing belt so sometimes they would yank and pull off so so i ended up going to t-slim because i can I don't know. I feel a little bit more freedom. I know a lot of people say they feel a lot of freedom with the Omnipod, which I kind of did right. when it was at my previous job. But at this job, I feel more freedom with a pump. You're able to like hide it differently because the set and. Yeah, it really depends how, how long my tubing is. Right. Um, so like sometimes it's just in my pocket and then I get customers that ask me um, like what it is. And then I had like a lady yesterday say, oh, is that the G6? And then you're like, oh, I thought you only could put that in your stomach. And I said, well, I said you're only supposed to, but 
there's there's pages out there that like some people do other places and had good readings and i said this is one of my best readings because it's on my forum right and um so i love it and i even have like um a tattoo um that is actually a molecule for insulin I so saw that. Is that it on your way, look, this is going to get creepy. I know too much about you. Is that on your right arm? <laughs> uh, no, my left arm. Left arm. Oh, the yeah. the thing gets flipped, and the we're all backwards yeah. on Instagram. I hope everyone realizes that. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody's everybody's been been mirrored. I was watching. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know the comedian Dion Cole, but he's been during the the coronavirus thing. He's been DJing on his Instagram live, and it pops up in front of me sometimes. But it always freaks me out because he's got something on the back uh, behind him. It's a science. It's like DionCole.com or something like that. But it's backwards. And it always catches my eye. And I'm like, oh, that's right. We're all flipped around backwards in our cameras. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I saw you. So it's a it's a big tattoo. The molecule, like you have the whole molecule out, like on the top of your forearm, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not the whole molecule. If you look up the whole molecule, it's pretty long. But it's pretty much the basic one of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. That's very cool. Um. I saw you mention, so there's a couple of things that I've been paying closer attention to you now because I knew I was going to talk to you than I normally would. So just don't feel too creeped out. Uh, but you already do. It's fine. No, great. So, uh, it's your fault. You've lost all the weight. It's not me. I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you talk, sometimes you talk about anxiety, but, but moreover, I see you talk about being uncomfortable with the loose skin that you have now. And first of all, and my opinion is meaningless to you. You're really a beautiful person. So I I know you shouldn't like, it doesn't matter what other people think, et cetera. But you know, I'm trying to find out what that's like. Like you've lost so much weight. How much skin do you have that you need to do something with? And what, what's the play there? Like, what do you do? Uh, Okay. So I actually talked to my doctor about the surgery um, of getting it's a podectomy or something like that, which is the bottom half, which is like like past your pelvic bone to blow your belly button. And he said we're gonna have to wait um, uh, a little bit because I do have a lot of anxiety and stuff. So he wants to get that all controlled first before we do that. Okay. But other than that, he really doesn't want to do anything about it. Does he think it's gonna shrink up on its own? He said, young. if you want to do something, I should not worry about it and just try to deal with it. Okay. Um, he said that I would have to go see a plastic, plastic surgeon myself. Mm-hmm. So so I'm trying to look into that and see how much that's going to cost because I kind of really want it done. Um, it's not, and it's not because it's like, an, it's a little bit, it is an image issue. Okay. Um, because I... Like, I, I know people, like, I I used to wear a bikini. I was, like, body positivity around, like, 290. And I wore a bikini at a theme park. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. It's, like, the 2000s. We're, we can do anything we want these days. But I still get those looks, those concerning looks. Like, if I go to a hotel room or something, like, that has, like, a pool or a private setting and people just look at me. Mm. And I think people, and then I had some comments, like, um, you shouldn't be wearing those stuff. Especially around, like certain kind of people um and i'm it's, like okay is that, is that the kind of people that you're yeah talking about? <laughs> well like they're like some people like they're all you should wear that around like your coworkers or your stuff like that and i'm like okay like i'm like one like i i don't think they really care i don't think really i know some people probably think oh why is she nap stuff like that and it kind of 
a little bit of it I don't like because it just hangs and it just it, it does bother me. But at the same time, there's a little bit of body positivity in me. Mm. But at the same time, it's like I really just want this gone. And then plus, um, I think some like a lot of it. I like my doctor told me that is probably like about 15 pounds of loose skin, 15 to 20 pounds of loose skin. Right. And you so can't then lose I'd be the like, skin. so it, or just it, yeah, is it shrinking at all or no? On some places it has like, uh, like I think cause I was big for so long. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not like I got big and then went back down. It's like, cause I like was big for a very, for most of part of my, well, not even most part of my life, but like my teenage years and stuff like that, when your body is pretty much in their growth rate. Yeah. So, so pretty much like my legs, my arms aren't too bad. It's actually around like my back and then like pretty much my abdominal and my lower abdominal and like my upper back mm-hmm. is usually where everything I want to get done. What's up? I mean, it's a astonishing. Like if people, are you cool if people check you out on Instagram or do you want to mention your handle or no? It's okay if you don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so what is it? How do they find you? It's. So my Instagram, I know. Oh, you're breaking up. Don't say it now. Hold on a second. Your audio broke up. Don't say it now. There you go. You're back. All right. So my Instagram, I know it's. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Rugged. I looked it. It's rugged warrior. Rugged dot warrior. Rugged period warrior. And yeah, it's, I mean, what you did is I know it didn't start out the right way, but. I guess the focus on not wanting to, do you think that was the case? Do you think if you would have found out you had type one diabetes immediately, do you think you'd still be bigger? No, I don't. I actually, I really don't because like, um, actually a couple months ago, uh, I went to a doctor and they're like, we're going to retest you. Cause I had severe lows. I was in the hospital for a week because I couldn't stay above 40. I ate, I literally two days I was eating everything I could, um, to the point, that I was like, all right, I need, I just need food, 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 food. And I got to the point where I was like, I can't do this no more. We have to go to the emergency room. And I remember I was getting the sugar shots, the glucose thick yeah. shots. I don't even know what they're called. I got seven of those within four hours. So well, one, my veins hurt. And then uh, they're like, we're going to retest you because we don't think you're a type, type, uh, type one. And then I guess they did the one test again. And then they did like an insulin in your body test. And I guess that came back, came back like, I don't even know, I think low or something like that. Okay. So, um, so then they were like, okay, so we don't know what's going on here, but we think you're a type two. And I literally cried yeah. because I was like, this is my fault. I am big because of like all this, but in my head, I'm like, I lost all this weight and I'm still on insulin. This is just a weird week. I said, I'm still on insulin. I said, I still have like today, I, I mean, I still have to count my carbs. I still have my G6. Like my, my endocrinologist knows I was at a different hospital. So they tested me and then it was just weird. And I literally just broke down in tears because I thought it was my fault again, because okay. everybody. Maybe you were just honeymooning. Yeah. Maybe you were just had, maybe you're using, maybe your pancreas just kicked back in for a little bit during that. I have. Happens to I people. have no idea. I have no idea what happened. It was last year and I have no idea what happened. Like I was like, they're like, oh no, you're a type two. I was like, no. No, I'm not. I've been through this already, <laughs> damn it. Leave me alone. Uh, you, you mentioned anxiety a second ago. Has that been a lifelong thing or is that since your parents' divorce? Uh no, actually it's kind of been recent. Um I had 
um, it actually kind of got worse since I've been diagnosed um, to the point where I have, I'm actually on medication for it. Okay. Um, yeah. So actually, since I got diagnosed, I have been taking um, anxiety and doing like DBT skills and um, stuff like that, that I've learned in the past couple of years. So, and I, and I am a true believer that, um, managing your blood sugar does, um, affect your hormones in every single way. Like even if you're angry, sad or anything like that, I truly do believe because when my sugar was high all the time, I was having panic attacks left and right. And I was crying all the time and I was like angry and I was sick and everything like that. So does the anxiety stick with you no matter what your blood sugar is? Um, so if it's high, I am freaking out every two seconds. Like it's not because I just, um, my boyfriend can tell you, um, that that's the case. Um, he's, my emotions are all out of whack. Um, but when I'm usually stable between where I should be, mm-hmm. uh, I'm usually having, my life is awesome. <laughs> it's kind of like having rose colored glasses. Like <laughs> If you're out of your sugar's out of whack, everything's just like seems all the colors go. And then when it's like right in perfect range, everything's just perfect and yeah. you think your life is great. I mean, you're really interesting. I do know that. Like, you're, 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 there's a very, like, you keep saying things that make me feel like they would come from a different person, but they're all within you, which I think is great. Like, I, I, I didn't mean to gloss over it earlier, but you're climbing through basements and attics and up poles. Are you installing some sort of a utility? Yeah, so okay. I'm a uh, ca- yeah, I'm a cable technician. Okay, okay, all right. So that at least yeah. makes sense. I'm like, why is she in people's basements uh, and, <laughs> and poles? Just, like, just to creep creep people out. <laughs> Hi, it's me. Uh, you may know me from Instagram. I've lost a lot of weight, and I'm in your basement now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just I figured that was what was going on. Is it scary to climb a pole with without a CGM? <laughs> like, is it like it, it's an interesting paradox that you're an anxious person, but at the top of a telephone pole. Does that not make you anxious? I get, I get this so, so much. Well, yeah, because it doesn't make any sense, Amy, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I love heights. I, um, no top of telephone pole. And usually like, even when I didn't have my CGM, I, uh, was totally fine. Um, I, cause I didn't really give a crap at that time um well your blood sugar is probably really high not it wasn't low ever i would imagine yeah it wasn't low yeah it wasn't low the only time was when i had that week and i was out of work for a little bit um because they didn't want me climbing poles or driving um but other than that no i love heights i really do i actually uh love skydiving actually that as soon as i got to the weight I went down and I jumped and everybody's, aren't you scared? I said, no, I've been waiting for this since I was 18 and I was the happiest person. I did not hesitate one bit. I can't, I'm so glad that this Corona thing starting to lift because they have opened up and I'm going to go again. And I actually, I was mad because they actually canceled the halo jump, which is like where you, it's like 23,000 feet and you jump with an oxygen tank up in there. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then they got canceled because of the whole Corona thing. So, but I am so excited to go jump again. I love heights. Um, It's yeah, it's one of my favorite things. (laughs) Well, that's, that's astonishing, but I want to dig into it a little bit for a second. So your anxiety is more, is it more personal? Is it, and how did you manage it before the medication? So, 
I didn't manage it. I was actually uh, self-mutilating. Um, it wasn't because I wanted to die. It was more of a, it stopped everything rushing in my head. You were cutting? I was cutting. Okay. All right. I have more context on that. I don't know if you heard. I know you don't listen to the podcast, Amy. That's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. But um, there was a, we had a self-harm episode recently with a person who also cut like so now that you're talking like it makes more sense to me than it would have the first time like your story if i heard it the first time i would have been like no wait what but now i i know how it goes for some people so i i'm i'm a little more uh i'm a little more educated educated around it now so so anxiety starts in your teens right uh yeah i didn't really have much like i mean uh uh, life was okay. I would mm-hmm. say okay. Um, high school wasn't bad. I live. I lived in a small town, small school, school. So everybody um, knows everybody. You're friends with the popular kids all the way down to the non-popular kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of popular because I played football and everybody kind of looked up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of cool. But um, other than that, just my living situation wasn't the best. Um, so that was a little bit part of my anxiety. But I'm like one of those people say that's a very independent person. Yeah. Um, I try to do things by myself and I kind of don't reach out for help if I don't need it. Um, I'm learning a different way, but, Good. uh, yeah. So but like I said, my, my anxiety didn't start until I became like type one and those doctors were just telling me you have to lose weight, you have to lose weight. I'm not till this day. I still have like, if I start gaining weight, I still have those doctors in my head and I have to tell myself, this isn't my fault. Yeah. It's an autoimmune disease. You're fine. You can gain like 10, 20 pounds here and there. You know, maybe it was like a big barbecue weekend. Um, so, and you, I ate like tons of cake and ice cream and meat and regular soda. <laughs> and then, uh, so I literally have to like tell myself all this stuff and like, just be like, you know what? Just give it another week. You'll be okay. Okay. Well, that's, I, I just because it's going to stick in my head if I don't ask organized football like for high school or with friends yeah. you played on no. the high school football team yes I did what position uh tackle guard and tight end no kidding nice soft hands <laughs> you can catch a ball and, and guys had guys were okay like hitting you they did you ever like did people ever not there want was- to hit you there was like, no, I actually, I don't know. I, once you put that helmet on, I don't think they knew mm-hmm. who they were up against. Um, but I know a couple guys on my team didn't want me there and they laid me out during practice sometimes. I remember the coach yelling at them, but no, other than that, like, um, I, I had a blast. I, you know, what they say, like, uh, being on high school, something that, um, they usually tell boys is something that you're going to. It's like the best time in your life. This is gonna be the most memorable thing, and it is. I, I, I mean, it was, it was amazing. So I'm glad I got to. It was one of the lifetime things that I do not regret. Cool. No, I, I wouldn't think you would regret it. It's just that I keep wondering how much longer I would have to talk to you before you'd say something else that I didn't expect. So because, in, for, <laughs> for clarity, so far, think about it. You're 28 years old. In those 28 years. It sounds like you've survived a divorce that wasn't particularly fun for the child. Uh, you mm-hmm. gained 
you your your weight was 365 pounds. You've lost like 160 pounds of it. You found out you had type 2 diabetes. You didn't have type 2 diabetes. You found out you had type 1 diabetes. You climbed poles for a living. You like to jump out of airplanes and you played football in high school. Like what else don't we know about you that, that I would, that's a, that, Did that's we get to it all? <laughs> no, that's not happening. That's just happening. Everybody says I should be writing a book. But <laughs> well, holy crap. I was like I was like wait, what did she just say? And you know, it's I'm trying to figure out you know, I'm, oh my god! And you live, by the way, your your internet connection flies in and out every once in a while. Which don't worry about. It. Like I'm living through it because I'm just like I I'm not telling her that I can't hear. I'll because your voice slows down. Like, but you live in the like you're in the woods, right? Are you not? Yeah. 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 You should get a cable company to bring in a better signal for you. Listen, I can't even get, I get free internet and I can't even get cable to my house. I have to have satellite. <laughs> yeah. If only you knew somebody. All right. Um, boyfriend, you mentioned a boyfriend. How long have you been with this guy that you're with now? This is, this is the complicated part of the whole thing. So I actually live with my boyfriend and then I live with ex fiance. Um, so oh, hold on, uh, hold on. Ex- Your voice broke up and we're not losing this. Hold on. Let's get you back. <laughs> for a second. Hold on. Hold on a second. We're not, we're not losing this. Okay. Let's take a breath. You have. Okay. All right. You're still breaking up. Um, uh, what about now? Hold on Am I? Try it now. Say testing. Oh. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me walk. To the <laughs> yeah, keep hold on. Oh, now. Am I good? Yeah. Stay on the microphone. Okay. All right. Okay. You're with a you're with your boyfriend who you've yep. sounds like you've had for a while. Actually, but, our one year anniversary is gonna be twenty eight. Okay. So you've been with this guy for a year, but you live with an ex fiance? Yep. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Just wait. Does the boyfriend live with you too? Yep. Okay. So you, your boyfriend, and your ex fiance live together. Let's keep talking. This might turn into an after dark episode. It's fine if it does. Are we <laughs> are we like a thruple? No. Okay. No. So there's no, no so, like fun stuff between all three. No. Okay. Uh so my uh, pretty much uh me and my ex fiance just kind of grew out of our sexual love um interest with each other. By the way, every married person is laughing going, "Yeah, yeah, me too." But go ahead. I- <laughs> <laughs> So, well, no, he's like my best friend. He has been, uh, we've been pretty much, I would say we were dating for about seven, six, six years. Okay. Um, uh, we did get engaged, but we never got married. Um, and, uh, it was just, it just never happened. I mean, we never were in a financial state to get married. We were always too busy, and stuff like that. And then, but he's my best friend to this day. If anything, if I'm having anxiety, attack, it sounds so bad because I, I have a boyfriend. If I'm having an anxiety attack or if something's going wrong or um, like we still have our dogs, something wrong with our dogs or forgot something, I'll call him. He is literally my best friend. Okay. He actually is training my boyfriend how to take care of me. And it's the greatest thing because my boyfriend will call him and be like, what does Amy like on her pizza? Or, what would Amy like this? Like, like everything. Or like, Amy's like panicking. I don't know what to do. Um, can you come over? Like, uh, so it's like, this is like before we lived together and he's like, can you come over and stuff like that? So, but they get along great. Um, they hang out. So there's nothing, they never fought or anything and it's been a year. So yeah, it's pretty, 
Were you with him at all weights, the the fiance? Like, were you three sixty five with him and two hundred? Yes. So, okay. so he's been like with me like since I got diagnosed, and then he has he knows my eating disorder. He knows if when I'm like like my ketones are high or I'm not feeling good, and he knows when I'm low. And like you, I don't even have to tell him. And he's like, "Are you feeling okay?" And then he'll just go grab my. Oh, he won't look at the CGM. Well, sometimes he will, but he'll go grab my poker also because, you know, sometimes that can be off a little bit mm-hmm. and he'll test me and stuff like that. My boyfriend doesn't do that. <laughs> He's getting there. Oh, don't worry. Well, it's hard. It's your hard fiance will get your boyfriend <laughs> trained and then you'll be fine. And there's a sentence I never thought I would speak out loud, but there, it's fine. Uh, th- th- that's, that, that's very, pro- first of all, that's incredibly progressive. And, and I like that you're still friendly with a person who means something to you. And I, I hear that. So, you know, that's cool. Did he prefer, I, this is such a weird question, but sexually, did he prefer you bigger or? He said, he said he loved me any single way. That's like lovely. he, then he told me, yeah, that is a lovely thing. Nice. That's it really is. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. I'm just wondering if like, like now I was like literally thinking like, was there a, like, did he have a, a fetish? And then he was like, you lost weight. And he was like, oh, no, forget it now. If you're going to be 200 pounds, um, like, I'm out on this. But no, you guys were together, together, like, in your minds and your hearts. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Still today, like, he's my family. Like, I really don't really have any family out here, even though my family's from here. <laughs> but um, some have passed. My mom moved to Arizona. My sister doesn't really talk to me because she's up her boyfriend's butt. And so... <laughs> so <laughs> So, um, pretty much like, so he, like, so we've been through everything, like financial struggles, um, to like me getting diagnosed and other illnesses and stuff like that. So like, it's, so we're, yep, we're tight. It's listen, I'm not judging. I just didn't expect, again, did not expect you to say that. All right. Let's, um, let's, uh, let's find something else to ask you about that. You're going to say something I can't imagine. Um, (laughs) um, what is your A1C right now? Oh, no. I just got it back. Okay. Um, it was a bad day. Um, actually, what was it? The first, yeah, I go the first every month, the first Monday of every month. Uh, it was a uh, 15.2. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, all right. So, you have now let's figure this out. Let's figure this part out. <laughs> wait, wait. Go can ahead. I tell you what my last A1C was? Is it going to be like four and I'm going to be flipped out? What was it? Go ahead. 6.2. You went from 6.2 to 15? Yeah. Was that eating cake and soda at a at a barbecue? Like that can't. There was a lot of, bir- there was a lot of birthdays. <laughs> People you know have got to stop having birthdays, Amy. That's really the problem here. But no, that's. There was a lot of birthdays. So that's super interesting because that's a, I mean, a fairly massive swing, like from like one quarter to the next. And so yeah. you know how to keep an A1C in the sixes. Like when you had it in the sixes, was it because of a lot of lows or was it be- you were doing things that were leading to like a stable six? All right. You ready for another surprise thing? I don't think it's going to be a surprise at all, but go ahead. Whatever you say. I'm <laughs> so when I was pregnant, my sugar stayed at a constant level with me barely taking any insulin. Wait a minute. You have a kid? How come I don't know this? I do not. Wait. That's why oh, I right. surprised me. All right. Go ahead. Tell yeah. that story. Go ahead. I, do. <laughs> I don't need to tell it. Um, so I actually went up. I was 23, 23 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I ha- had her. Um, so then after that, um, things didn't work out, which is okay. 
Um, I'm kind of a little glad because during my pregnancy, I couldn't take any of my, pretty much my mental medications, okay. um, which I was going insane and I was doing self mutilation again. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't be a mom. And then I was back and forth about having a kid. And, um, I was actually really suicidal too. And I, then I was having pseudo seizures, um, which I don't know if you know what those are. No. Those are the ones. Yep. They're not epileptic. Uh, I can't even say the word. Epile- epileptic. Epile- you yeah. screwed me up. I can say yes. epilepsy <laughs> and now I can't say it. Epileptic. <laughs> Yeah. So they're not those seizures. Um, see those seizures is actually when your mind gets like, um, a bunch of chemical imbalances in that Mm -hmm. and it shuts down. So then you have a seizure. So I was having tons of those. I wasn't having regular seizures, um, uh, at the point in my pregnancy. So my life, so I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything, even though I'm the kind of person that was kind of cool. I was pregnant. Some people might not like that, but I like to have a stable income. Uh, you're climbing a pole is what gets you pregnant, by the way. But I hear what you're saying. So you're, you. So wait a minute. I and I feel like we're being we're bouncing around from serious to lighthearted so much. I don't know what to say ever. But th- you, you, the pregnancy ended with a live birth or no? No, no. Okay, no live birth. All right. It was I was at 24 weeks and she had a heart condition. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. First of all, I, but it's I, okay. But I hear what you're saying about the the other stuff. So when you're pregnant. You can't take all those medications that are keeping you where you need to be with your anxiety and, and all that. Yeah, even if I don't take my anxiety meds, um, usually I'm pretty good for the day. But, you know, every person says a pregnant lady is not who they really are because they're sometimes a monster. I don't know who says that, Amy. I don't say that. And anybody who's listening <laughs> would never hear me say that thing. My wife was completely normal the entire time she had children, just so you know. That's all. okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. So, <laughs> so I had like the extra, the extra hormones running through me. So everything was just super bad. Um, but my sugar did stay in like the range the whole time with very little insulin. So that's why my last A1C was in the 6.5. Okay. So this was very recently. So this pregnancy is with your boyfriend. We're yes. Talking about, I gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm getting it. So um, yeah. you're making me feel old. Just in case you're wondering what's going on over here, I was like, <laughs> I just I went to high school and I got out and I was like, that girl seems nice. And then I just you know, I, don't know, I made a family. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's go. But you you're having more fun than I did, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so okay. Um, so pregnancy wasn't on purpose. I'm imagining. No, it wasn't. Okay, are we doing stuff now to make sure it doesn't happen again? Yes, I did. I got the was it IDU? IUD. Marina. Right, IUD. Right. Yeah. Now I hear that's um helpful with blood sugars actually because it keeps I don't you know it's finding that because I, what what's been told to me is that that keeps you from I mean keeps you from having a period, is that right? Yes. Okay. Kind of so because there's hormones on it maybe it doesn't keep you from having a period but there's hormones there it does keep like after like six months you shouldn't have it no more but it it does like the hormone thing i haven't no i don't know i literally (laughs) so another thing (laughs) why we're on this topic i um when i was a bigger girl i used to never get them i probably got one a year okay one a year so i was like i ain't getting pregnant blah 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 and so, and I lost weight and then I started getting, um, regularly, which that means you're more healthy. Mm-hmm. 
so I was like, when I started to hate him, I didn't like him. I was like, this is the dumbest crap in the world. <laughs> nature, nature messed that up. Being honest. I was like, why am I a girl? This is so dumb. I was like, I liked it when I, that was like the one positive thing of being a bigger girl. Like I was like, no, period. no, period. yeah. I so honestly, I mean, so, <laughs> it's the worst idea. Like the plan, it's the worst plan. Like as somebody, like, I mean, whoever designed it is just, they weren't thinking. Yeah. There's a better one. They know. No, right, yeah. Right. They're, they're really, so I, so I was having unprotected sex. Um, so I didn't think of anything of it. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not going to happen because I was so used to not getting one. And then, and then like a month went by and I was like, Oh, that's okay. And then, um, I remember it was so, yeah, it was the end of July when it was conceived. I went to the hospital for DKA August 2nd pregnancy came back, uh, negative. So I was like, okay, I'm good. September came around. I uh, went to the hospital again. No, no, it was weird. I didn't even go to the hospital. I had an interview somewhere else. And I was like, I kept seeing babies everywhere. And I was like, I should go get a pregnancy test. And I did it. And I was like, oh. And then the first person I called was my ex fiance. I didn't call my boyfriend. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. She said, listen, I hope you know something about babies because you're going to have to teach my boyfriend about it. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's, listen, obviously that's none of those things were intended or, or went the way I guess anybody would hope for them. But, no. but I mean, as long as you, I, I mean, if you take steps moving forward to, to stop that from happening, you know, and get yourself, you know, if you want to have a kid one day, you're, you're going to have to think it through. Like you're going to have to have a, a plan because obviously just, you know, Hey, here we go. Isn't going to work out for you. So yeah, yeah you're gonna have to know what you're doing when you want. Do you think you want kids one day or is that not something? I'm about? still up in the air. There's this world's crazy. I don't know if I want to raise a kid. And at the same time, like I, even before that, like I was like up in the air about it, but like, I think now since I hold her, I was like, I could do this. I could be a mom. And I think the next time if I do get pregnant and I'm like off my medications and stuff like that, I will remember that moment. Right. Like I can do this. Um, and it's actually quite interesting. I'm kind of glad that I kind of went through it because there's so many extra steps that a type one diabetic has to do yeah. to even before you get pregnant, like your A1Cs need to be arranged, your sugar, not even just your A1Cs, like your sugars need to be like soup. Cause like you can have a 400 one day and then like, like, and still have a good A1C. Your sugars have to be like in line all the time, even before you get pregnant, like about six months to have a healthy pregnancy mm-hmm. throughout. So I'm glad that I know that now because like I, my blood sugars were a little bit high before that because my A1C was like 10.6. And uh, that was, they said that that could have caused the heart problems. Okay. So, so I kind of feel bad that it was my fault that I couldn't bring a beautiful person into this world. Um, but at the same time, now I know for next time. You really didn't so, know, right? Like the, all that yeah. stuff is, is a little lost. I mean, everybody doesn't get great you know, information when they're diagnosed and some people do and some people don't. I don't know that that's anyone's fault. Sometimes it's where you live or the kind of insurance you have. There's all kinds of reasons mm-hmm. why it why it varies around. I'm going to say something to you. I don't usually pitch my own show to people, but because you haven't listened, I'm going to give you a link to something and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to see how interested you are. But there's a, 
a grouping of episodes within this podcast. They're called like Diabetes Pro Tip. And I think mm-hmm. if you listen through them, I don't think your A1C will ever be 15 again. So, and it's not about restricting food or anything like that. It's just about understanding how insulin works. And you have the right tools to do it with, with a pump and, and, uh, that glucose monitor, that CGM is, is a quality device. So you'll be able to, I uh, love it. Yeah. It's fan. It's really fantastic. So um, I will, I will give it to you when we're done. I'll send it to you, but it's just diabetesprotip.com. That way you don't have to listen to the whole podcast. You can just kind of hit some of that. I think that might be helpful. Um, the uh the anxiety part though it, it it it's involved in everything and i don't know that people understand that because everybody gets anxious sometimes but the difference between anxiety that needs to be medicated and not like i now understand better from talking to someone else that it can hit you out of nowhere and cripple you right and yeah. then the pain is just it's massive and and you know prior to i guess the anxiety medication everything you were I didn't understand cutting until someone really explained it to me, but it's that it's a relief in a weird way. Uh, right. Um, and have you done that recently or do you not do that any longer? Or what's the status uh, of that? The, uh, last time I did it was when I was pregnant um, because I, I, I was freaking out. Um, so, I mean, but before that, I think it was about a year and a half ago. That's excellent. Um, yeah. So, but I wasn't, Actually, I was getting medicated for my ADHD and ADD. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and my doctor's like, you know, let's throw these out and let's try anxiety meds. So that's what we did. <laughs> and I'm so much better now. Um, the thing is, I think the big part of it is like, I, even though like you un- totally understand it, I, and then you get to that point where you want to cut and everything. It sucks when you're having an anxiety attack and then you're getting upset that you're having an anxiety attack because you're like, this is not the place and time to be doing this right now. So then it just gets even worse and you're like trying to calm down and you can't really do anything. Like actually the last panic attack I had was actually a couple weeks ago in Walmart and I don't know why. I think I had a little bit that I was noticing all the shelves were getting super low again Mm -hmm. and it wasn't being explained. Like, I don't know how everybody else's world is but out here like there was no tvs on the shelves there was no game systems there was no um like food baby stuff was low everything and this is only a couple weeks ago we're we're kind of coming out of the covid stuff so i was like what is going on and then i actually was walking down an aisle and i said oh what should i eat and i said i should get something healthy and then i was on like a snack aisle that had all these snacks i said and i was in my mind saying no 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 to all this food and I was getting anxious about that. And I literally got to end of the frozen food aisle, squatted down and like started bawling my eyes out. And I, and I called, called my ex-fiance and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I am like freaking out right now. And then the Walmart employees helped me. And it was this, it was, it was a whole deal. Like I, it was, I haven't had one since I was pregnant, even though it was like recently, but it was like earlier in my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And it just sucked because I was, I was, I was good. I was good. And it just, it it really does. I think that it's, it's visual, right? And there are things that you just expect to be there. And then when all of a sudden they're not there and then 
more and more things disappear. Like, okay, like in the beginning, you think, oh, people are hoarding food. That makes sense. Toilet paper, like I understand that people are doing that. But when a television disappears, you're like, wait a minute, where are the PlayStations at? Like, 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 where, like why is everything gone? And it feels, it could, I, I can see how it would make you feel that because I've had that thought too. I've walked through the store and thought, huh, supply is really low on a lot of things. One of the strangest things is you can't buy a flower pot anywhere. I know that's a weird yeah. thing, but you can't find a flower pot. And I was like, I'm like, did the did COVID nineteen hit the flower pot industry extra hard? You know, like like you know, like very interesting thing. But then I don't have anxiety, so then I just notice it and I move on. But no, so I think the one built. thing that did give me anxiety. Yeah, yeah, the one thing I think that did give me anxiety. So I'm in a great financial position. I'm really good. I love my job. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a place out in the country, and then so I was like, the last four years, I was like, I'm gonna get a pool. I'm going to get a pool. I'm going to get a pool. I was like, all right, finally I have enough money. I can just go out, buy a pool whenever I want. I cannot. And I, and I don't know if any other diabetics are like this. I hate summer. It hurts. I don't know why I, since I've been diagnosed, I cannot stand heat, even though I'm outside all day. I'm glad I can go to my air conditioned van when I need to, but like it bothers my skin. Like I don't like it. I get angry. I know some people just like get angry when they're hot, but I, it really is this, a, very discomfort feeling past mm-hmm. like 78 degrees so i need that like i need like i was like i'm gonna go to the pool so i can just come home and just go in the pool or right before work and i can't find a pool anywhere and then if you do look for a pool they are price gouged so much like a normal pool that would cost like 350 bucks is like like almost a thousand dollars okay and i was like no nah, not gonna do that not gonna do that well i i have to ask have you ever had your thyroid checked? Your thyroid levels? <laughs> so, I so because I seen my doctor at the first Monday of the month, so it was like a week or two ago. Um, actually, my thyroid was enlarged. Uh, my thyroid was enlarged throughout my pregnancy. Other doctors have said, oh, it's because of the pregnancy. After the pregnancy, it hasn't went down. I actually had an ultrasound done uh, Monday. Monday. Yeah. And uh, I have to go get a biopsy now. Okay. And have them just keep on top of that because an inability to regulate your hot and cold could be from thyroid. Thyroid's autoimmune like type 1 diabetes is. It's not uncommon for a person to have type 1 diabetes and a thyroid issue. So check into that because maybe that that might help you with some of the other with with some of the other stuff, especially with the heat and uh, I know that both my wife and my daughter have hypothyroidism. So um there are nights when I get in bed, like I bought my wife one year as a Christmas present, a ceiling fan that runs so fast that it's like a jet engine. And my children, as I'm wrapping it, my kids were like, you're getting mom a ceiling fan for Christmas. And she's not going to like that as a gift. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. Mom's going to love this. And so <laughs> it, it, this thing just, it makes a turbine of air that it cools the air in the room to the point where sometimes it's hitting me in the face and I'm like, I can't breathe. And I look over at her, I look over at her and she's so happy. <laughs> like She's just like, oh, That's it's nice. just nice and temperate in here. And I'm like, is it? Cause I'm freezing my nipples feel like they're gonna fall off <laughs> i i love the cold everybody hates like they're like oh our drop so hard when it's cold it is a little harder but i i will i will take the cold any day of the week then get your heat. thyroid levels checked while they're doing this other work on you and and keep taking good care of yourself like that that's i mean in the end that really is going to be your pathway to to everything i i don't know yeah i don't know if the the anxiety listen in my opinion 
the anxiety should be treated as much with medication as it should be with therapy. I don't know how available therapy is to you, but like there's something out here. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Well, talk it's to the like, tree or is, that bird behind you or something like that. I that's sitting out in the woods is pretty much is it as good as talking to anybody in this town. To be honest with you. They, I even had a therapist out here say that the health, the mental health care system out here sucks. Well, that's maybe, how bad it is. So here's an idea. Maybe you could do telemedicine with a therapist that's not in your area. I have to. I have to find one. That's not a bad idea. I want idea, to. Right? Because it's not a bad idea. Because if you could find ways to lessen your anxiety aside of medication, that might be a big deal for you. You know, because I I'm going back to the Walmart story, and I'm 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 hearing that like, and, and you said something prior to that that I didn't want to skip over, which is you have an anxiety attack, and then not only are you anxious about the thing that made you anxious you're now anxious about being anxious yeah that's screwed up like that's not a good like, do you know what I mean like that's difficult in in a way that people won't understand if they don't go through it and i didn't previously understand either but now you're now it's just coming at you from both sides and what are you doing you're telling yourself don't be anxious that's not a plan you, you know it's what I mean? pretty, right, much, right. pretty, pretty much right. there's so, uh there, but i've learned dbt skills tell me about that what does that stand for Okay. Oh, you want me to look it up because I just lost your audio anyway. So I don't up. know. What I, yeah. Let your audio come back and I'll figure it out. Is it back? Yeah, you're back. Mindfulness, um, distress tolerance. Mindfulness can go a long way, but isn't always enough. Diet. Di- yeah, dialectical therapy. Why? Why do things have to have? Why can't they just say DBT and let it be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> DBT refers to dialectical behavioral therapy. It's an approach to therapy that can help you learn to cope with difficult emotions. Um, today, it's used for eating disorders, self-harm, depression, substance use disorders. At its core, DBT helps people build four major skills, mindfulness, distress tolerance, interpersonal effectiveness, emotional regulation. It's helping. Uh, sometimes so there's like different things like grounding like if you put your hands on your legs while you're doing stuff take deep breathing count um there's another one that if, i don't know what it is but it's like you see two things smell one thing see a color and something else and just focus on those to fo- uh, push your mind somewhere else okay um i can't ground uh i tend to kind of dig into myself a lot um so i can't do that breathing is my biggest thing i try to breathe um, that day at Walmart, even prior to that day, I was having, I was very anxious the whole day. So I was trying to breathe through the day and it just, Walmart just made it worse. Um, so just, um, so I learned that. And I even, when I go to see these other doctors, because it, it literally has, it literally took me, um, about five years to see a psychologist. Okay. Pretty sure that's the one that prescribes you medication. And this is actually a psychiatrist, psychiatrist can prescribe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it took me about five years in this area to find one, even after I got out of the eating disorder treatment center. And she was like, um, I can't help you. <laughs> you need to get control of your eating disorder first. Well, a little I'd bit. Like, well, what I, are you I, for? <laughs> I, I know. She was like, I can't help you. You need to get control of your eating disorder first. If your primary care is like, um, doing your medication just have him do it and he doesn't feel comfortable with it especially he um does also this uh substance abuse so anything that is a narcotic he doesn't want to give me um so that's kind of hard 
And it looked, like I said, it took me five years to find somebody to talk to them for the first time for an hour to tell me that they could not help me. And I've had a couple doctors tell me that, and that I cried that day. And I was, I was, I was kind of a little bit suicidal that day. I was like, I can't do this. I'm never going to be fixed. I said, nobody can help me, blah, blah, blah. And even like, there's a point where my medication, I get to the point where I can tolerate them. And then my anxiety gets a little worse mm-hmm. and then I notice it. And then I'm like, I get anxious because I don't, my doctor's like, well, maybe you should just deal with your anxiety a little bit. And I don't like that. Cause once my anxiety starts a little bit, I don't want to go to that dark rabbit hole, okay. which scares me, which causes anxiety. So I don't want to go there. I was very suicidal. I actually, um, tried to do suicide with my insulin several times um luckily um my ex-fiance knows how to use google Don and uh force me sugar things while yeah. i'm like almost passed out so and what and that feeling of being suicidal is just that idea like this is never all going to be okay like i can't yeah like i'm never going to be fixed like i i'm like there's a there's like now i'm good i'm like all right, we're, our medications are doing pretty good. We're gonna. My doctor's following up with me more. I mm-hmm. see him about at least every four weeks now to make sure that everything's good. Um, so it was good, but between, like, I don't know. Like, I thought every, like, nothing was going good. Like, I was having a hard time, even if I like was struggling at work or just like it. Most of it was because I my head wasn't straight. And I have been trying for years, like I've been on medication since I was a kid and I've been trying for years to get my head straight to the point where everything is okay. And I, it's, it sucks because this area sucks in mental health. I had a good time getting to where I wanted to be when I was out in Minnesota. My doctor wants me to go back out there and so does um, my boyfriend and my ex-fiance, but I, they said I've been doing good in the last year. So I'm pretty good. But you I had, just want you had care in Minnesota that was better for you, you think? Yeah. Oh, dude. So there was actually eating disorder treatment out here to the point you had to walk to the facility. They had like housing for you. You had to walk to the facility that was like a block away. No, I'm sorry, not a block away, like eight blocks away. Mm-hmm. And even if it was in the middle of winter, which it gets like negative degrees out here. Yeah. Uh, so you walk, <laughs> had to walk there. Then you're there. And then they had this eating thing. And I noticed that a lot of eating disorder clinics don't treat all eating disorder. They usually just focus on anorexia. And uh, that's that sucked because I they give you a piece of paper where you had to eat. You had to eat this many fats, this many this, and this many that. The thing is, is I didn't have a problem eating. And I think a lot of type ones like th- that have diabulimia and stuff like that. A lot of us love it that we can eat anything we want and lose weight at the same time. So literally when it came to eat, I was fine. I ate whatever I want. But the thing is, is then it got to the point. I, w- I remember I was on the couch. It was like a break time. and I was on the couch and I did not feel well. And I did have my pump on me. And I like literally rolled to the floor and I thought I was going to die. And I took some insulin and then I remember the next morning I had a walk over and then I, my ketones were super high. Um, uh, and they were going to send me to the emergency room and I said, no, I'm fine. And then they told me, if you don't take your insulin, we're going to have to kick you out. And I'm like, this is why I'm here. I'm struggling to take my insulin because of fear of weight gain and stuff. Um, 
and you're telling me that if I don't take it, you're going to kick me out. So I actually reached out to the diabulimia page yeah. and I called them and they actually found a, a place with my insurance and stuff. And they got me to Minnesota. The only thing I had to do is find a way to get there. And I got there and that place was amazing. They have a special group for um, diabetic patients with eating disorders and um, they have a mental health care and they do so much. Like it's, it was the greatest place. Like I couldn't ask for better treatment than any, anywhere else. And um, with that said, like they had nurses that give you your insulin. And if, even if you didn't want to take it all, they would talk to you about it to, to get you to take it. So it was, it was like, that was it was a really good treatment to the point where I was okay taking my insulin again um so that was that was and the eating thing it still went towards the people who had anorexia um who are anorexic and I ate so I don't know if anybody else but I heard a lot of people who restrict their insulin and then go back on insulin they turn into a garbage can. Like they will eat anything and everything in their sight that, that they can eat because I, for some reason it's like your body, you starved your body for so much and now it can take all that, um, all the carbs that it can take that you've been like not giving it. And so you don't gain so, a ton of weight right away by re-eating no, and using your insulin. No, I did. I no, but you turned into a garbage can. Like I wanted fries i wanted this i wanted pizza and it got to the point so i got to the point where we were all eating around the table we all ate together and then i got to a point where when i got done with my plate i still wanted more Mm -hmm. so that wasn't normal so that i was considered an overeater at that point so it got to the point where they're like okay so one through ten how do you feel seven's where you want to feel ten is that you're to a point that you feel like you're at a bust so it actually got to the point where I was there and I had to tell myself to stop eating because for some reason, I don't know if you ever, like, you know how you get like a chocolate bar and you're like, oh, I'm just going to have a little piece and now you want the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So if I went past that um, part of eating uh, at over that seven, like I already ate, I had like a balanced meal. Yeah. I would eat, eat that one little bite and I was like, all right, let's just finish it. So though I had, did come into... Um, a conflict, what we were all eating. And uh, my therapist said, we'll talk to everybody there. And when you get a seven, you can stop eating. And remember this girl said, no, you can't stop eating. And I was like, I was told to you that I can. And she's like, no, you have to eat all your food. And just Ryan, you already ate my portion size. Like I already ate more than enough. And, uh, but they only looked at the people who didn't want to eat who didn't want to touch your food, who was a fearful of their food to the point where I just wanted to do this. And I remember I shut down for like three days. Like I shut right down. Everybody's like, Amy, you're not acting normal. Like what's going on? Like I was quiet. I was like, okay, I'm not going to eat no more. I was like telling myself just become anorexic, but I, I did work through it. And then they recognized that. And it was, it was a good thing. But I think you have to be careful when you go to some places because they're not going to focus on what your true eating disorder is, mm-hmm. especially one that has to do with diabetes, but they did really well out there. So, well, I think that it sounds to me at least like you should find, even if it has to be through telemedicine, like find somebody who's better equipped to help you. If, if in your local, you know, your local 
area that person doesn't exist, I still think it's good for you to have somebody to talk to because it sounds like it went much better and you were in a good place there. Um, and this is obviously a maintenance thing. It's not going to, right. It's not going to go away on its own out of nowhere. Like you're going to have to maintain and maintain. And is that the goal to like someday, like, I wonder what the, did they ever, excuse me, did they ever share with you what your goal should be? Like what it is you're trying to get to? Like a weight goal? No, like a like a psychological goal. Like where psychological yeah. you should be happy with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Uh, but there's days and I and I know everybody struggles and um my boyfriend didn't really understand it a lot because he didn't understand suicidal. And I don't think a lot of people do. And I still I still that's why I'm really open to it. So when people ask me about my cut marks, I tell them about it. Um and some people are like, oh, why won't you cover them up? And I'm like, uh, because I want to tell them my story. I want them to be educated about this. Same thing with my CGM and my pump. Like, if you ask me about it, I'm going to tell you about it. Um, and my boyfriend is like, oh, people get down all the time. And I used to not believe in depression at all. I really didn't. I just thought if somebody had a million dollars, they'd be fine. They'd be okay. You know, if they had their family around them the whole time, if they had what they truly wanted the whole time, they'd be fine. No, it really, I remember I was crying one day and I didn't know why. And Dylan, my ex-fiance was like, this is depression. And I said, I don't know why. He's like, this is it. And then I realized, okay, I'm depressed. I need to get this treated. Like I didn't want to take medication for it. I didn't because I felt like if I did take medication for it, that meant that I was sick. I was sick and I, I wasn't like everybody else. And I, I, and I, I'm glad that a lot of people are speaking out from this, from like celebrities all the way down to just me, um, to say that it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's, yeah. It has nothing of being like a sick person. You're just, it's just like somebody being diabetic, something doesn't work. You have to take medication for it. It's not making you any different than what you are. I agree. So, I actually think yeah. that's a perfect way to end this too, because I, I was struggling for how to bring this to a close. And, um, and I think that's exactly right. Just, you know, do what you need to do to live your life and don't, mm -hmm. you're not, you know, if your pancreas doesn't work, your pancreas doesn't work if, you know, and whatever else comes along. But I, I completely agree with you. Um, depression, anxiety, those things from the outside can be looked at like they're, you know, like, Oh, they're just crazy, but that's just mm -hmm. not the case. You know, it's, it's, it's very simple. Like you said, there's a, an imbalance of chemicals that lead you to feel more strongly about empty shelves than I felt about them. And, yep. um, and I think a lot of us, uh, you know, in regular everyday life prior to COVID-19 specifically, our lives were pretty comfortable. Like we had a, you know, it, it, it happened in a certain way. I get up, I do this thing, I have coping mechanisms. And now all of a sudden those coping mechanisms are shot and visually everything seems different. Um, and you're seeing people reacting to these things differently. And you're right. Somebody has to share what's happening to them. So someone else knows, otherwise they're going to think they're crazy and, and not just know that there's help to be had. So yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you doing this very much, especially because you don't listen to why are you following me on Instagram, by the way? Because I so I follow other type one diabetics on Instagram and then you came up a lot. So I was like, OK, I'll follow this. And I was going to listen to the podcast. I'm a very busy person. Yeah, I so. you, you got a lot going on. You got to play football. 
you got two guys you got to talk to <laughs> climb a pole <laughs> very busy person like i've been meaning to like there's like other podcasts i've been meaning to listen to and i just don't get around to it yeah this is the I most really important don't. one don't worry about the other ones okay um so I'll put this one at the top well i really appreciate you doing this uh, i want to thank you and i'm going to stop for a second and stop recording you because i want to share with you you know what i think um might help you a little bit so um and I've mentioned it here already, but I want to make sure you have the information. So thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Cool. Hold on a second. I'm it was a pleasure. You. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, for me as well. You really are delightful. Uh, um, I, 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 I hope nothing but the best for you because I think you deserve it. And not that everybody doesn't, but you know, you've come a long way. And I, I, you know, I'd hate to see it. I'd hate to see it not finish for you. Like I think there's whatever it is you think finishing is. I, I hope you get to it. I really do. I'm, I'm still looking for that. I hope you find it. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box to learn more about the contour next one blood glucose meter check them out at contournext.com forward slash juice box super accurate meter incredibly easy to use and carry really 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 take a minute to look at it the website has a ton of stuff including links to their test strip program and you may even be eligible for a free meter I want to thank Amy for coming on the show and for being so incredibly honest and for just going with it and continuing to tell her story after it became obvious that I didn't even understand a tiny bit about her when I asked her on the show. I really sincerely thought I was just asking somebody who had an incredible weight loss to come on and talk about it. I did not know where any of this was going to go. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please give it a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend, uh, subscribe in your podcast player, support the sponsors, whatever you can do. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, but there are more shows coming in 2020. This show does not stop. Still coming, um, a great chat I had with Jenny that kind of rounded out the year. We just sort of sat down and talked. I have a Defining Diabetes coming and I just recorded a show that I think I'm going to launch 2021 with that was really spectacular. I'm super excited to keep bringing you the show. I appreciate everyone's support. I'll talk to you soon.